Now near the end of 2020, we can see that the pandemic has disrupted our economy and left large numbers of small businesses barely holding on. For many, surviving requires business owners and entrepreneurs to be agile and creative as they pivot to new ways of reaching customers. In this episode, we will hear from two entrepreneurs who have changed their business model from historically in-person to online services. We'll discuss what the change process was like and the implications for the future. Our first guest is Bettina Skye, a working actress with over 100 TV and movie credits to her name. But she also operates a small business that provides entertainment at corporate events and parties. Everything from balloon twisting, improvisation, to tarot card reading. As with many entertainers, the pandemic shut off the traditional flow of revenues as theaters closed, events canceled, and movie production scaled back. We'll hear how that forced her to make changes and translate her services to a virtual venue to keep her business going. Bettina, welcome to our podcast series. Thanks. Thanks for having me, John. And thank you to New York Tech for having me on. Appreciate it. We're thrilled that you could join us today. You know, to give some context to the listeners, I wanted to mention that we're in the last month of 2020, a really difficult year that has us all dealing with the health and economic fallout from the pandemic. It's really disrupting lives and making a profound change in the way business is done. So I think it would help our listeners to hear a little bit about your pre-pandemic career and what you've done to pivot in order to keep working during this time. Okay. Well, mostly I'm an actress. I've done over 100 TV and film shoots. And for the past many years, I guess several times a month, I'm on a set filming something. So that was pre-pandemic. The other things I do was I have an entertainment company where I would go to events. I work as a clown and I do balloon twisting. I can do a lot of different things, make a lot of different things with balloons. Mm. And I'd also go to events uh, like corporate events to read tarot cards and do a kind of energy healing for people. And all of that was really centered around live events where people would hire you, whether it was all a corporate events or parties. Events, mm-hmm. Yeah, and being on a set. Yeah. Suddenly, probably back in March of this year. Yes. Yeah, so I remember on March 9th was like my last gig. I was doing a like an event at a synagogue. I had I hired a couple of my friends, and we were doing face painting and balloon twisting. And within three days, all my gigs were canceled for the next like six months. All those gigs that I had worked so hard to book, and all the film shoots, and all the corporate events, and everything was just canceled. It was traumatizing. You know, it was really hard to accept that. And so I had to figure out what to do next. And I was collaborating with different people, too. So it wasn't like just me. We formed a kind of community where we were, I was teaching tarot and doing some healing classes online. So I started thinking about working remotely. And I started putting up some postings on Facebook and Instagram. I have a big following on Instagram. I guess it's kind of big. It's over 3,000 people. And I have like 5,000 people or close to that on my Facebook page and mostly industry people like actors and filmmakers and casting directors, producers. So there are a lot of people, I think, during this time where people would be interested in getting a tarot card reading or getting a type of energy healing to feel more at peace and more looking for what their life purpose is. It's kind of like the timing of what I have to offer right now is up. So that kind of made it easier. It's the psychological impact of the pandemic being locked down. And for many people, 
unless they're with a family, being isolated is extremely difficult. So I can imagine you now had to look for yeah. an audience for a different level of service than you were providing before. Yeah, and people have the time to do it, and people are struggling, and now I had the time to do it. So it was very easy for me to get clients. That was not an issue. I would just make a posting every week or two, and people would respond to my Facebook or my Instagram, and i start setting up sessions and I was getting very good results. People really loved what I did for them. I'm so, I love that when people message me and say, oh my God, what you said came true and you gave me inspiration and hope and now I'm doing this and I'm doing that and this happened. It's like pretty exciting for me to really help people move along and to clear energy blocks or any blocks that people might have emotionally and then to see immediate results. You know, I really love it, and I've been doing it for 30 years, so, you know, it's mostly just corporate events, but now I get to use it, like, just sitting in my home. It's really nice, and it's better because I'm so used to doing events where it was more just, like, an entertainment kind of thing, and I did my best to give people a good experience, but having, like, a half an hour or an hour on a computer with someone in a quiet space where I can really hear what they're going through and channel some healing energy to clear that like it's so much nicer and peaceful and the results are even bigger it could work with someone long term someone could we could do it every week or every two weeks and really see the changes it sounds like to some extent you're getting an equal benefit sort of a joy out of helping people and while people you know have that wonderful experience with you so it's sort of a mutual it's not just a transaction. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a very good feeling for me each session, and everyone's different. So it's very interesting for me and very fun. I really love it. So you've been able to pivot from those live events now to online. And one of the things that I noted in your bio, and maybe you could talk about this a little bit, as an actress, you also play the role for standardized patient care. Is that correct? Yeah, that's another thing I do. Standardized patient is when medical schools hire actors to kind of help them. They have to practice their physical exams, and they have to learn that a bedside manner. So I've, I work with three different schools. I've been going into the schools and doing this kind of work. And so now... I'm doing them remotely. It's easier. Sometimes I can do three schools in one day. I'll do a morning <laughs> session, afternoon, and an evening session sometimes. I can never do that before. But that feels like very important work to me, you know, helping medical students and having conversations with them about how to be more gentler with their patients, how to be more, like, observing of things. And also now it's important for them to practice how to do these telehealth appointments, which is a very big thing. That's a big change for physicians and also for patients. You want to get a sense of that empathy from the physician and have that bedside manner where you feel comfortable in speaking about the issues and problems or, or your health concerns that you're calling so about. Important. It's so important for that. And so they really need to learn how to be more gentle. And they're also being taught a lot more about new age type things like acupuncture and vitamins and there's a lot lot more of that going on where they have to be very aware of different types of healing so to me it's like really great to be involved of like merging of the east and the west philosophy you know sure sort of like that holistic approach yeah. 
Yeah, and what I find yeah. fa- fascinating, especially with your story, is that first off, all right, it's, it's that translation of your skill set from an in-person environment now to an online environment. So uh, we're going into 2021. We're all hopeful that now that a vaccine's been announced, that things sort of will change. And I'll call it go back to maybe a new normal. But do you expect to continue these online services into the future? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love it. It's, it's something I've been wanting to do for years but didn't have the time. So I'm going to work more and more on building it up. You know, I want to do it a lot more remotely. I mean, the other thing is I do miss in-person events. They're so much fun. I miss being on a set. I miss balloon twisting. All these things that I was beginning to really uh, get fried out about because I was doing it so much. So I want to do that again, but I also want to build up my online business. So I'm going to be working on that. Well, you know, it's interesting because, hey, yeah, I speak to uh, lots of people and, and most recently someone that had been in business 30 years and had always in the back of her mind thought that she would have to make some changes. And certainly this sort of brought everything forward. And okay, now I've got to deal with this now. And then finding those relationships and for services and, well, and help and yeah, support. Yeah, I mean, I had to because I would like to have an income. So, right. You know, but also it's just something I love to do and something I just want to do a lot. You're keeping your connections alive because at some point we will come out of this. And it's so important to stay active and practice your craft. I think those are all important things. I have a couple of closing questions for you, if you don't mind. The first is, do you have any specific lessons that you'd like or insights you'd like to share with other entrepreneurs or small business owners? Well, I always say follow your passion and feel joy in every moment for what you're doing and keep your vibration high and your joy and your love up. And that does help you enjoy your life and also to manifest your next best thing. You know, when you're in a good mood and you're following what you really love to do, the assistance that you need to do it will show up. So be passionate. But it is a practice to be able to stay focused on things that make you happy and not get drowned out in all kinds of negative thoughts. Just kind of train your mind to go to the next positive thing. Mm, That's how you advance yourself, absolutely. The other one is, what one word describes you? I would say fun. (laughs) 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 Yeah, unique. Well, that's more than one word. But fun, if it was one word, it would be fun. The next bunch of words would be crazy, unique. Hey, let me say, Bettina, fun is a good thing. We often talk about with leaders, especially when times are difficult, a little bit of humor, it breaks the tension, and it brings you back into focus. I mean, there's nothing better than having a little fun. And actually, in anything in life, right? You want to have fun. Yeah, in everything you're doing, even if you're, you know, at a difficult place. I just try and bring joy into every interaction and appreciation into every interaction because I think that's the most important thing. Well, Bettina, thank you so much for your insights today, and we really appreciate having you on this podcast. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. It was great. I really enjoyed talking to you. Next, we have Mary Cars, Executive Director of the Childbearing Family Alliance, CFA for short a business she has operated for the past 30 years. CFA helps new moms from pregnancy into parenthood and provides early childhood education. She's also the owner of the Fit for Mom franchise in Western Suffolk County, New York, providing fitness classes and a support network for moms to help during each stage of motherhood. Although Mary had often thought about giving some online services, the idea kept getting pushed to the back as the business expanded and her scope of services increased. Then suddenly, in March 2020, 
she needed to pivot and quickly alter how she would deliver those services. Mary, welcome to our podcast series. Thank you, John. It's nice to be here. It's great to have you. As I mentioned in the introduction, you were really providing a list and host of services to new moms during the course of their prenatal and postnatal care. And you filled so many roles for people, everything from educator to caregiver to therapist, personal trainer, counselor, and you had a thriving business going. And then we got hit with the pandemic. So before we talk about some of the things that you had to shift to, let's talk a little bit about your business pre-pandemic. What was that like? Well, CFA is an organization built for moms by moms. And when I originally set up my business model, I wanted to make sure that I could contribute financially to my family, but also take care of my kids. So CFA is unique in that way that the women that work there were able to get their kids on and off the bus and do homework and all of those things. So it's run by moms for moms. So our programs were really divided into four different divisions. We have our prenatal division where we took care of parents-to-be and do classes like childbirth education, breastfeeding, baby care. And then after you have your baby, we had new moms group and our stroller strides program, which is part of the Fit for Mom program. And then after that, we had a series of mommy and me programs, which we prefer to call parent-child programs. And then we also had a preschool for two, three, and four-year-olds. Now, things have changed dramatically since the pandemic, but that's the pre-pandemic picture. And how many employees did you have? There were 18 employees, and then we had six independent contractors. I just want to remind everybody that we're at the end of 2020, and it's so important to understand that obviously a business like Mary's been running had to change. And so, Mary, let's talk a little bit about, first off, the epiphany like, all right, we get hit with the pandemic, and now you start to have to consider what are your next steps. Let's walk through that and how you got to your new business model. Okay. Well, that was March 13th, and we had to make that very tough decision to close down our face-to-face programs, which included our preschool and all our parent-child programs and prenatal programs. Everything pretty much got shut down. Then we decided, okay, we've got to continue to help our families and be there for them. So now what we have to do, okay, we're going to video. We're going virtual. Let's get this done. And boy, oh boy, (laughs) was that quite a steep learning curve but we made it go right and now we're doing a lot of the programs virtually which has been challenging and demanding but very heartwarming because whether the pandemic is here or not mamas still have babies right right children still have to learn parents still have to be stable and be able to provide for their families in a way that helps not only their families but helps the community so we scrambled and we figured it out And we're really glad we did. It's working beautifully now. So Mary, you moved to an online environment. and But at the time you're moving to an online environment, a lot of families are struggling. How easy was it for you to get new clients and get customers to sign up for a virtual experience? Well, in the beginning, that was quite a challenge. What we did is that we learned an awful lot about social media. We used our website quite a bit and used Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and any other platforms we could get our little fingers on the keyboards to. And uh, we just started pulling people in from resources that we weren't even aware that we had, which is fantastic because as the pandemic comes to an end and we start doing things the way we 
used to, we now have lots of other avenues that we will continue to bring in clients with. So you really had to be creative. You had to be somewhat innovative because you had to deal with the new reality, right? Absolutely. I learned an awful lot in a very short period of time, no doubt. And so not only did you have to bring on on new clients and now that they're with you, you had a broad scope of services that you were providing. Has everything gone virtual or have you just sort of picked and choose different things? And I was most intrigued by the fitness aspect of it. I mean, you had people in person, everything from moms with strollers to cardio exercise to staying fit while you're pregnant. Has most of that gone virtual now? Yes, it has. We definitely will do those classes virtual. We also have the ability to take those classes outside. One of the wonderful things about strollers is is that they have wheels. (laughs) So we can take some of those programs to the sidewalk. That is wonderful. But now with the cold weather, have you guys come up with other ways of getting moms together? I mean, you know, they, they did open malls, and I would imagine whenever the weather permits, you do it. But do you also provide home exercises that people can do? Yes, we do. We have a whole virtual setup. We can do our new mother's groups virtually, which is obviously not the same. But let me tell you, when moms are inside all day, they need someone to talk to. Talking to us virtually keeps them and their babies safe. So we're doing those virtually. We're doing our stroller strides program virtually as well. And we also have all our prenatal programs alive and well on Zoom. Wow, that's just wonderful to hear. Do you think in terms of keeping clients and moving forward, obviously you're getting a great response. Do you believe that you'll keep the virtual program going even after the pandemic sort of subsides? Oh, no doubt about it. This has been something that we have wanted to do for quite some time. And though forced into having to do it, it has really been a godsend. So yes, we're going to definitely keep that going. That sounds great. Now, I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions because, you know, hey, our listeners are so interested to hear how people have to sort of reinvent themselves in this period and be creative. Do you have any specific advice you'd like to pass on to budding entrepreneurs? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I think what I would like them all to know is that the way you see your business today is not the way it's going to be tomorrow, and that one of the things that you have to do is just stay ahead. Think ahead. Think bigger. Find out what your clients need and want, because honestly, that changes every single day, every day. And as that changes, go ahead, try it. Make it go right. Okay, so always keep an open mind. Obviously, always look for those new opportunities out there. Absolutely. The business that you start today is not the business that you'll have tomorrow. It'll be better. Great advice. And then I'm going to ask you one last question. What one word describes who you are? (laughs) That's interesting. I think that would depend so much on who you ask, but I can tell you that most of the women that I work with as clients and staff call me mom. Mom. So that defines who you are. That's a, that's a wonderful Probably. word. Yeah. I'm, I'm mama to a lot of people. Yeah. And given all the roles that you play in people's lives, I can understand how that sort of encapsulates small. That's very nice. Mary, thank you so much for being our guest today. I know our listeners will get a lot out of this. Really appreciate your help. You got it, John. Anytime. Have a wonderful day. For both Bettina and Mary, the pandemic drove the need to pivot and to change to an online environment. Bettina's solution was to go virtual, a more personal approach than what she could deliver in a traditional entertainment venue. She translated her skills to match the connection people needed and has kept her business viable for the post-pandemic era that we expect to see in 2021. 
Mary created an online presence, making a jarring shift from the business she had operated for 30 years to virtual classes. As Mary said, despite the pandemic, mamas still have babies and children still have to learn. She quickly created virtual classrooms via Zoom and used outside areas or shopping malls as they reopened for in-person exercise. Mary and Bettina quickly recognized the power of social media and stayed connected with existing clients and opened a pathway to new ones. Both acknowledged that even as our society reopens, the online business will remain and likely created a more substantial customer base. Summarizing their advice for those entrepreneurs trying to survive is to stay positive and focused. Recognize that change is inevitable, so always listen for new trends in your market and learn from this experience that you need to have both an inline and online presence to mitigate risk and broaden your reach. Thanks to Mary and Bettina for sharing their insights. This podcast is executive produced by John Rebecki and New York Institute of Technology in conjunction with the School of Management and the Office of Strategic Communications and External Affairs. The director of professional enrichment and producer of this podcast is Deborah Cohn. Our marketing and social media strategist is Petra Shantaraga. Our audio editor and mixer is Brian Falk from Abacus Entertainment. Special thanks to Constance Talatia and Paulina Lamanier for all their support. Until next time.